Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What is up, everyone, and welcome in to episode 19 of the First Read Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Cardenas, and here with me, as always, is my co-host and best friend, Tyler Carden. Tyler, what is up? This is day two in a row for us. Dude, day two in a row. I'd say we just go for the for the perfect week, as Barney Stinson would say. The perfect seven week, for seven. seven episodes, seven <laughs> days. Oh my gosh. We'll just do a whole like seven weeks worth of episodes for everybody. Just that right, seventh one, right? That seventh one would be our last episode because my wife would murder me right afterwards. Uh, she can come on. She, she, she's included. <laughs> she can be a guest. This she's is included. all inclusive. Okay, okay. <laughs> this is we we welcome everybody. <laughs> like, tell me, what do you think about the Julio Jones rumors? Uh, who's that? She Julio just spits Jones? out some fire analysis. Oh, it. man. We're what like, would I do? Whoa. Then it goes viral and ends up on ESPN. There we go. Just, I like it. Yeah, it's it's just, a good plan. Yeah. 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 Um, welcome in. Welcome into the show. If uh, you <laughs> uh, have been here the last 18 episodes, welcome back. If you are new, welcome to your first episode of the First Read Fantasy Football Podcast. We are happy to have you guys here. We're excited to have you. All righty. So on today's episode, we are actually going to go ahead and we're going to talk some players that uh, Steven and I both are really, really excited for for this upcoming season who we think you should possibly take a look at drafting on your fantasy roster. And then we're going to throw in at the end just a player or some players, maybe, that we just think you should avoid. You know, we're not excited for them. We don't really believe in them. Adding any value to your to your rosters or anything like that. Um, so stay tuned to the end for that. I know usually after this we just go into like a news and notes section, but I don't really think there's anything news or noteworthy since it's only been like 24 hours since we talked about the last news. Right, and notes. nothing, <laughs> nothing has happened in the middle of May in the last 24 hours of note. So I think we can just go ahead and kind of hop into the segment. It might be a short episode today, but I'm sure our listeners won't be too mad about that. And also listen to us ramble for an hour long. Would be too if they listen to the raw audio. Oh man! Ooh, you really don't want that. In your life. You really, you really, really. Don't <laughs> I don't want, want that in my life. life. I feel like God. <laughs> All right, <laughs> let's go ahead. Let's get this thing going. We are going to talk, like Tyler said, players that we are excited about. Um, take note: this is not like sleeper picks. So these are not necessarily players that we were not good before. But we just think that there is either room for improvement or we expect to see some jumps um, or just in general, some some success from these players. So kicking things off, I am going to start us off with the wide receiver, A.J. Brown from the Tennessee Titans. I am extremely, extremely bullish on A.J. Brown this year. Currently, he is my wide receiver three in my projections. Okay. 
behind Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. I, I think he is the guy to keep your eye on and to try to get a hold of because you might not have to pay wide receiver three value. And I believe 100% he has every possibility to be the number one wide receiver after this season. It would not surprise me in the slightest bit. Yeah, I've been uh, watching. I was just watching. I was just telling you, I, I was watching um, the Ravens Titans game from week 11 of this past season. And man, mm-hmm. he was going off on that game. Like he, he, he looked so good. I was so excited. And a lot of the mock drafts I've actually been doing too. He's, he's one of the first probably two or three gone. So about right where you have him there in your rankings. And I can see why I, I expect some big things. There are, there's some receivers that are no longer with the Titans. So that, that opens up just a world of possibilities there for, uh, yeah. for AJ Brown. Yeah. They, they really did nothing to like fill those, those vacated targets. So it's like Johnny Smith is gone. Adam Humphrey's gone. Corey Davis is gone. But they didn't do anything to like fill those back up. They didn't. It's not like they drafted anybody with significant capital, nothing like that. They're just like, well, I guess AJ Brown can handle it. So the offense is now Ryan Tannehill, AJ Brown, and Derrick Henry. There, I, I have him projected at a forty percent target share, which is amazing. a really big chunk. And it would not surprise me if it's even more. So it's like even if they have a low passing volume there in Tennessee, which we expect them to. We expect them to run the ball a lot, not run a ton of plays, and and, and just not have a huge passing volume. But it just won't matter because A.J. Brown is going to see almost all of the targets that go out of Ryan Hannell's hands. And so I, I'm pretty pumped. I, I just think he will be fantastic for fantasy this year. I just don't see, other than injury, any way he could really like disappoint you yeah it's not like they're gonna stack you know three guys over there on brown this season because you have uh mr uh derrick henry to worry about over there in the backfield so exactly you you gotta yeah. kind of pick one and they're gonna go to the other guy you know or are gonna audible into that mm-hmm. option so i i'm with you i'm super excited for aj brown i probably won't get him in my leagues and i don't say that because i don't want him i just know that's how it's gonna fall it's okay. I'm still excited to watch him in the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. And it's that Titans team is always, always fun to watch the last few seasons. Unfortunately, this is not the most unique take. I think a lot of people are excited about mm-hmm. AJ Brown. Oh, yeah. I think the situation is like right out there in the open. Everyone's aware of it, but I, I, I just believe in him. Um, the talent is spectacular. He's a really good player. So I think he's going to be absolutely great. Who do you think is going to be good this year? Who are you excited about? Yeah, so actually, let's. I'm going to turn my attention over to Washington. And if you've been listening to the show for a while, you know that we've been really excited about Washington. Yeah, just in general, I think we're kind of becoming Washington football fans yep. in a way, right? I think, so. I, I think that's that's fair to say. So I'm going to turn my attention to actually a former uh, Carolina Panther receiver, in that of Curtis Samuel. Now, this I, I know some people might might be shocked by this, but I'm actually really excited for Curtis Samuel. I've been trying to pick him up in a lot of the mock drafts I'm doing and a lot of like just the fancy drafts I'm doing in general. I, I like getting him towards that the back half of the draft. I'm just really excited. So a few key points on why I'm excited to Curtis Samuel. One, Fitzmagic is his QP. I mean, oh yeah. How can you not be excited for that? What it's looking like is that Fitzpatrick is gonna be the QB this season. You know, he's not the QB of the future for this team, but he's gonna go in there, he's gonna get the job done pretty much. As far as I'm concerned, 
led Miami to a playoff to to the playoffs, even though they did not make it. Mm-hmm. There was some coaching decisions in there that prevented them from getting in. That's just my take. Do with it what you will. <laughs> but I'm just excited for him because, you know, Terry McLaurin's there. Adam Humphreys went over there f- from the Titans. But th- that doesn't worry me personally. Like, it just doesn't. Samuel is going to be the number two wide receiver on that team behind Terry McLaurin. Yeah, there's going to be, you know, targets shared with Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin, Adam Humphreys, but Curtis Samuel just seems to be improving every season that he's been playing. I think uh, last year he ended the season with 77 receptions for about 850 yards or so, only three touchdowns, so not exciting, but he was sharing some there, and that QB situation was already in to begin with. Right, right. You know, right, Teddy Bridgewater and that whole thing. Um, I have heard some uh, some concerns because when Rivera was there in Carolina, he didn't really use Samuel to his strengths and his abilities. I'm not going to let that scare me personally. I That is a very valid concern, and I totally get it, but I'm not going to let it worry me. I think this, this Washington football team is on the up and up. I think they're going to slowly start really putting together a really solid football team. And I just think adding Curtis Samuel to this roster is one of the steps in that direction. Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. Don't like overthink this. I believe he is the number two wide receiver on a good team, on a good offense. I think this team will score points this year between the defense putting them in great field position and just in general, like the team's pretty solid with with Fitzmagic, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, JD McKissick. Uh, Like they have weapons. They have what they need there to be a good team. So, So I don't see any reason that Curtis Samuel could like can't be successful in Washington and I agree like last year he he had a pretty solid season last year but I think it's better QB play less like fighting for targets because you got to remember in Carolina it was him DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson I believe all of those players are good receivers it's going to be hard to get targets when you're in like a three-headed monster like that but here it's just him and Terry McLaurin Adam Humphreys is definitely without a doubt, the wide receiver three. So I believe he will be able to get a few more targets, better quality targets on a better offense. And just one more thing I do want to add is I really do like Terry McLaurin, but I myself, I'm going to take Curtis Samuel over Terry McLaurin. I think if I'm in a draft, it, where I, especially depends on where I'm falling, how what kind of value I'm going to get for him. I don't know. I just kind of have that belief in Curtis Samuel a little more than Terry McLaurin when it comes to that. Maybe that's just me. Um, but like you said, don't overthink it. You know, if you're feeling good about him, go ahead, pick him up. If you're going to get really good value for him, like take him, take the chance. Absolutely. I'm on Terry McLaurin train. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty pumped about Terry McLaurin fair, but not to the detriment of Curtis Samuel necessarily. I'm just excited about that offense overall. Um, let's move on. We're just excited about Washington. (laughs) We really, really (laughs) are. Uh, let's move to a team that we are not excited about. I am not excited about this offense, but I am excited about the one shining star left on this team. And I am talking about DeAndre Swift running back for the Detroit Lions. I believe he is like the last man standing after like the nuclear war, right? Like, the nuclear bomb that was Matt Patricia has completely decimated 
this team. Matthew Stafford's gone. Kenny Galladay is gone. Marvin Jones is gone. The only person left is DeAndre Swift. And I believe in DeAndre Swift, the talent, but also the situation here. He is going to get plenty of carries. He should really be kind of the bell cow back there. His only real competition is Jamal Williams, who I'm just not that worried about. Jamal Williams is not better than DeAndre Swift. He will not eat into his his carries too much, even if he takes some of them away. It's not enough for me to be like, oh, DeAndre Swift is is not good. He's not gonna he's not gonna perform. Uh, I I have him right now ranked as my running back twelve. So I have him ranked as a top twelve running back, and I think he has plenty of upside to be even better than that. I'd be worried about touchdowns because I just don't think this team is going to score very many of those, but he should see a ton of targets. Goff will, Jared Goff will dump the ball off to him because there's just nowhere else to go with the ball. If there are issues, which there will be, it's going to DeAndre Swift. Over the last few weeks, I've really gotten onto that DeAndre Swift train and I've kind of started to actually see a I feel like the C's are kind of parting on my vision, you know, with this Lions yeah, team. Yeah, absolutely. I actually, I do see, you know, what is what is on the other side, and that is DeAndre Swift. I really am excited for him. You know, um, on Johnson's gone. You know, that's one less thing to worry about. Like you said, I'm not worried about Jamal Williams. I'm not worried about Adrian Peterson. I do. Th- I still think AP's on that team, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not worried about it. Yes, I think golf coming in dumping it off to him is going to help a lot because yeah. I we know golf is going to do that. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know if you touched on this yet, um, but their offensive line is is somewhat good. Would you agree? Yeah, no, it, it's way better than you realize. Like Taylor Decker is a good left tackle. Frank Ragnow is a great center. And they just drafted Penny Sewell. And, uh, you know, in this, with the seventh pick of the draft, who comes in as kind of this super highly touted offensive tackle prospect, they should have a really solid offensive line this year which will only help him you know hit, help the run game and help him to be more efficient i'm not excited for the detroit lions i don't no, think there's no, no, much no. to be excited for yes but <laughs> like you said shining light i when you said that uh, i thought about that uh, rihanna song the shine bright like a diamond that one that's <laughs> that that's will, deandre swift right I, there. I believe that that will be deandre <laughs> swift next year on this Detroit Lions team because it's possible to be like a good fantasy asset on a bad team. Think James Robinson last year. The Jacksonville Jaguars went 1-15, got the number one pick in the draft. James Robinson was still, what, running back seven last year? Seven, eight, six, something like that. So it's like you can be extremely productive from a fantasy perspective on a bad team, even if you are a running back, especially, I think, if you're a pass-catching running back. Because they will always be behind, mm-hmm. yes. Unless they're playing Houston, they're going. They're going to be behind, and so they're going to be throwing the ball. I just, I, I, the situation seems way too perfect for him not to be a running back one this next year. Couldn't agree more, my friend. Um, I'm actually. Let's go ahead, and I'm going to move on to my second player that I'm just really excited for. I'm going to stick with this running back theme that you got that you started here. <laughs> I'm actually really excited, and I'm sure a lot of people are. But I think a lot of people are kind of sleeping on this guy just a little bit just because of last season. And that's Joe Mixon on the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's not talk about the offensive line. We, we don't we don't want to bring it. We don't want to bring in negativity onto this podcast. So <laughs> no we're not negativity. Talk about the Bengals offensive line. We're going to talk about Joe Mixon. Guys, Giovanni Bernard is gone. He, he left. He's just gone, guys. He 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 left. He's like, see you later, Ohio. It's cold here. I don't want to be here. 
That means no more sharing those carries with Geo. Great thing for Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon was also injured last year, so I think that really undervalues. Is that, is that the term I'm looking for? I think people are undervaluing him because of that. Yes. But if you go back and really look, he's kind of always been on that fringe of like just the top guy, right? Yeah. So in 2018, yeah, in 2018, he had 237 carries for 1,100 yards and eight touchdowns. And then the following year, 278 carries for over 1,100 yards again and, and five touchdowns. Those are good numbers. Yeah, absolutely. And you're good playing on the Bengals, which, you know, they haven't been a team that's been, you know, known for winning the past few years, really. He's almost been that shining star on the team before Burrow came in. <laughs> yep. Burrow comes in. Well, now he's injured. Going into this 2021 season, Joe Mixon is going to be on the field, hopefully healthy. Joe Burrow is going to be on the field, hopefully healthy. Hoping they get that O-line situation figured out. It excites me a lot. And while I was kind of doing some research over here on Joe Mixon, I saw that, or I guess I expect him to be used kind of in the passing game, which could be very, very um, relevant and very helpful, if, especially if you're in like a PPR league. Yeah, absolutely. So last year, I think, let me get my numbers right here. Last year, the Cincinnati Bengals, I think they only threw for a little over 100, a little over 100 times to the running back position, which obviously isn't too much. But the thing that excites me is if Joe Mixon's the main guy, the guy they're dumping it off to in the backfield, over the course of his career, he's caught 80% of his passes. So that's really even if good. he catches, it's a very good number. And I think if the yards are right, let me let me check this out for you guys. 7.8 yards a catch is his average, too, on, the, on that 80% targets. So even if he gets a percentage of that, those hundred, let's say he gets half. That's fifty receptions. Let's just say, which is I think his career high is fifty-five or something like that. Okay, five targets. So even if he catches fifty balls, there's fifty points right there. If you're in a PPR league, yeah. Over the course of the season, not not to mention you know maybe a touchdown or two or three there on top of that mm-hmm, or whatever mm-hmm. yards he gets. Like it's those little things that I think are really going to add up for Joe Mixon as long as he can stay healthy. And, and that's just one of the few reasons I'm just super super psyched. I'm planning on going in on Joe Mixon, especially in my dynasty draft. I'm excited for this guy. No, I think this is a really good pick. And I think it's important to call it out because I think people are are just low on Joe Mixon. And it's really funny because I was as well. I have not been excited about this guy going into this season. And so I just now, as you were talking, I was like, oh, I should go see where where do I have Joe Mixon projected, right? Like, where mm-hmm. is he in my rankings? He is running back 13 for me in my projections. Wow. One behind DeAndre Swift. And so it's just like, oh, I guess I'm just as excited about Joe Mixon as I am <laughs> about DeAndre Swift. And I didn't even know it. So because you, you're right, the opportunity is there. He's not sharing that workload anymore. He'll get targets. He'll get all of the things he needs. That offense should be better. The team should be better. Man, the situation is 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 getting really good for Joe Mixon. And I think he's a good player too. So that obviously helps. Yeah, I think a lot of people are just down on him just because they kind of got burned by him last season because he did yeah. go very high in fantasy drafts last he year was. only he was, to he was be like taken out round. very early. Yep. I totally understand. I kind of feel the same way about Zeke personally. Like I'm very scared to take him in the first mm-hmm. two rounds this year. So I, I it's totally understandable why people feel the way they do about Joe Mixon at the current in the current status yeah. of things, but don't worry about injuries. Cause if you're going to worry about injuries, you need to worry about every player ever you're going to draft. 
Like that's just that's just the reality of it. Because uh, yes. it can happen to anyone at any yep. time. So don't worry about injuries. Be excited about Joe Mixon. Be excited for the Bengals because Joey B's coming back this year, baby. And how can you not be excited? Yeah, he is. I am excited for the Bengals and and I think I should be more excited about Joe Mixon to go along with that. So let's move on to our next player who also wears an orange jersey question mark. That that's the best segue I could come up with. But we're going to talk about Cortland Sutton, baby. Oh, this was a better segue. He is currently my wide receiver 13 in my projections, just like Joe Mixon was my running back 13. So this is kind of funny how this is all coming together. But I'm really, really high on Cortland Sutton. And I realize some people might be like, whoa, Steven, what about Jerry Judy? And to that, I say, Steven, what about Jerry Judy? though? What about Jerry Judy? Just kidding. I think Jerry Judy is a good player too, but I I just, I have decided that I am taking the stance that I believe Cortland Sutton will be the number one wide receiver in Denver next year. He is six foot four, 216 pounds. He has that like classic number one guy build 2019. He averaged over seven and a half targets per game. That's pretty high. That's a pretty good chunk. I have him projected at even less than that, and he's still coming out at wide receiver 13 here in my projections. I think the QB play will be better in Denver. I believe that one of two things is going to happen. Either uh, Drew Locke will play better, in which case we'll have better QB play, or Teddy Bridgewater will come in, which I think is the more likely option, and he will be a better quarterback than Drew Locke has been. And we know from last year in Carolina, Teddy Bridgewater was able to support three wide receivers there. DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel, all of them were pretty good, right? Two of them were were very good. So I, I think he can support Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and Noah Fant here in Denver as the starting quarterback. I'm just I'm just excited about Cortland Sutton. I believe in the talent. I believe in the 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 scheme mostly. If Aaron Rodgers shows up, you everyone's going to be real excited about Cortland oh, yeah. Sutton real fast. Yep. <laughs> this Denver is one of those teams that's kind of been in talks for, you know, the veteran quarterbacks that are kind of out there and potentially available. You know, that if they want to do that Peyton Manning thing they did again, then that's kind of what what I think everyone is expecting them to do. And and that would only be better for Colin Sutton. Obviously, if the quarterback upgrades, then I expect him to to do even better than I already do. I, I'm excited for him. I, we actually both almost chose him, and I decided yeah. uh, to go a different route with my next pick, which I'm glad I did because you ended up picking Cortland Sutton. So it, it worked out. It gave us uh, an extra person to talk about on the show. So thankfully, I did not choose him. Uh, so for my f- uh, next guy that I'm excited for, we've you and I on this episode, I just need to say, we've been very like in sync because I started out with a res- or you started out with a receiver I matched you. Then you went to a running back. Uh, I matched you. Then you segue that with him being the number 13 on your board slash orange. Well, I'm going to finish out with the receiver. We're just, I just like this oh, uh, wow. synchronicity kind of thing we got Synergy, going on. So not planned, but like actually not planned. We don't plan things. We dude, guys don't ever think anything is planned on this show. <laughs> We've been friends for 26 years. 26 years. And we 
there was at least a good two to three year stretch. We'd like show up at each other's houses and we go, okay, like what's the plan? And the other person every time would go, I don't know. I thought you had a plan (laughs) and it would turn in. We would finally come up with a plan like four hours later. That's just how it goes. Yeah. We don't, we don't really do that thing. We don't, we don't. Yeah. It's not, we don't, if we recorded for like four hours, the last hour would probably be like a really good show. (laughs) It would take us about that long to like figure something out. There you go. Like, Oh, this is a great topic. We should talk about this. Right. This actually started out completely. This started out as a cooking podcast. So uh, that's, that's how we ended up here on football. It was a podcast where Tyler teaches me how to cook because I don't know how to cook. I'm so bad at cooking. Uh, that's We don't need to get into that. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap up my excitement on this episode with this last player that I'm really excited for. I have some bias in this, in this, in this pick, but I think... Some bias, he says. I have I have a lot of bias, but it's okay because I, I think it's okay when you when even if you're just a football fan and you watch this player play, you can't help but be excited. That player is none other than Darnell Mooney, wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. I know some of you out there are saying, Tyler, who's Darnell Mooney? <laughs> yeah. Well, me. My answer, if you really want, if you really want my answer, he's the guy that uh, made Jalen Ramsey look like a fool on the field. Mike, that's it. Mike oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> which some of you actually might know what I'm talking about. If you've all been actually watching, uh, Jalen Ramsey's actually responded to a lot of people about this. And he, he, <laughs> you like, you guys have to look it up. It's been fantastic few days. Like, it's just, it's wonderful. But I'm so excited about this wide receiver. Obviously, he's not the number one guy. You got Allen Robinson there. He's going to be the number two guy, though. That is, that is what I'm excited about. Number two behind A-Rob. Darnell Mooney finished last season with 61 receptions for over 600 yards and four touchdowns. That's over 10 yards of reception. Decent numbers. Now, we got to think. We switched out quarterbacks three times last year, guys. We went from Trubisky to Foles back to Trubisky while not having the best (laughs) O-line. So there is something to be said about Darnell Mooney and the way he plays and the talent he brings to the field. Like I said, I said it as a joke, but I'm I'm an all serious. Go watch him against Jalen Ramsey, the best defensive back in the NFL. He made him his explicit word. Like he really did wow, on, on okay. some plays. Like I, I'm just, I'm saying it. Like I, I'll, I'll post it on the Instagram. <laughs> like I have no shame. <laughs> I'm just, I'm really excited for this guy. He's just really naturally talented. Guys, he's going to have Justin Fields throwing to him. That's happening this season. Oh yeah! Don't let anyone tell you different because it, it's for sure happening this season. And I'll bet you almost a lot of money that it's happening week one. I mean, if you're in a dynasty, pick him up because there's no guarantee a Rob's going to be there next year with how things have been going. And even if he is, I, he's going to be easily a wide receiver two on your team. I just I can't express how excited I am for Darnell Darnell Mooney. If you have until if you can't tell, I just go pick him up. You'll think just me do it. just just do it go get him in dynasty he will not cost you a lot and yes he will be the number two option on that team but it's fine you can a number two wide receiver can still be productive still be useful i actually agree with you when it comes to darnell mooney i'm pretty pumped for um what i think he will be in the nfl i think he's a good player and i think he will be able to be a really good fantasy 
asset, especially once Justin Fields is in that backfield taking snaps. And I, and I, I agree. I'm starting to think it will be he will be the week one starter. The more I think about it, it just it just feels like that's kind of what's going to happen. So I'm pretty pumped for Darnell Mooney. I think this is a great choice, someone to be excited about. Yeah, and honestly, you know, when it comes to like kind of cons against him, the only thing is the only con I can really come up with is if you're in a dynasty league and you're doing like the IDP kind of situation or you're playing like individual defensive players, you just can't start him and Jalen Ramsey in the same week if they're playing each other. So, oh my that goodness. sucks. But uh, yeah, we're starting that, guys. <laughs> Tune in to have Jalen Ramsey on the podcast in a few weeks, but uh, it's fine. I'm, gonna have to... <laughs> just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm gonna, just to tear I'm me a new to... one. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm going to have to figure out what it is you're referencing because I have not seen oh. All of I will send you the videos and the replies sounds from Jalen Ramsey. Good. That, that <laughs> sounds good. All right, let's go ahead. Let's move to our next segment here. Uh, since Tyler is bringing down the positivity, talking bad about Jalen Ramsey, who is a great player, by the way, uh, let's just continue that. And let's talk about a couple players to avoid. These are just some some players that we just don't think are going to return the value that you kind of need to pay in order to get them on your team. So why don't you kick us up, kick it off for us? All right. So I know you said you wanted to go over a couple players. Is that us and me and you or just me giving you a couple players? Because I can give you two right off the bat to avoid. Oh, just give me two then. I'll give you two right off the bat. The two you need to avoid are Johnu Smith and Hunter Henry. Tight ends for the New England Patriots. Oh, taking shots at the New England Patriots. I'm here for it. So Johnny Smith and Hunter Henry on their own, on their respective teams last season, were solid options at the tight end position Mm -hmm. in the leagues you were in. They they really were. I I had Johnny Smith in one of my leagues. I was very happy. Hunter Henry had some good production with uh, Justin Justin Jefferson, Justin Herbert uh, over there (laughs) in Los Angeles. Here's the thing, though. Patriots went on this weird, like, shopping spree as soon as the doors opened for free agency day. Not really sure what happened there. They looked like me outside of a Target when I knew Funko Pop was shopping. I don't know what got (laughs) into them. It was weird. They went out, spent a lot of money. They picked up two very decent tight ends. Like, I'm not going to take that away from them at all. However, to the detriment of Henry and Smith, I'm not excited, guys. From the looks of it, Cam is going to be their QB next season. And we saw what kind of wreck that was last year in New England. It was bad. I'm not going to go in to all the negativity that I could go into. I'm just going to leave you with one statistic on the year last year. And that is the tight end stats from 2020 for the New England Patriots. Are you ready for this? I am ready. 18 receptions for 32 yards and one touchdown from three different tight ends combined holy crap that is it that's all so that that is all of the tight end receptions for the patriots last year and like i legitimately want to be like i researched this wrong something is wrong that's how i feel but i'm not i i just if i if i am (laughs) please correct me but i found three tight ends who i had personally never heard of and the reason i don't i know i'm not wrong is because just look at the receiving game in general last year. It wasn't good. Mm, yes, it was not it, good. It wasn't good. At so oh, maybe Mac Jones coming in would be a good thing if he ends up starting throughout the season. But until then, I have no reason to pick up Johnny Smith or Hunter Henry. 
I think this is a completely fair statement. There's there really is no reason to kind of trust either of those players because of the situation that they're in, because of the the team that they're on. There's just no way that both of them are going to get enough volume to be super useful. Like they're going to share targets and it's going to be split. And you already know it's going to be one of those things where like, yes, if you play the correct tight end from the Patriots, the correct week, you're going to be happy because one of them is going to score a touchdown and go for 80 yards. But then the next week they're going to score, you know, three points. It's just going to be one of those situations Mm -hmm. where you can't predict when one will be productive and when the other won't be. So it's just going to be a nightmare situation. So I agree. I think stay away from it. Let's, let's go to the last player here that we have to talk about. It is one more that I am saying, I think, we should be avoiding this player. And that is Miles Sanders running back for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now this one hurts because I like Miles Sanders, the player. I think he is good. I just don't trust the team. I don't trust the situation. And so it's a mix of a lot of things. So one, it's Jalen Hurts. He will run the ball a lot. So you're going to have that Lamar Jackson situation where there will just be less carries to go around. But I don't think that this run game will be nearly as dynamic as it is in Baltimore, right? So it's like JK Dobbins. He doesn't get a ton of carries, but he's super efficient with them. Mark Ingram, two years ago, not a ton of carries, really efficient with them. I don't think that's what it's going to look like in Philadelphia. I think Miles Sanders won't get a ton of carries, won't be crazy efficient with them. And he'll just be kind of meh, kind of okay. The team signed Kerryon Johnson. That is not a like stamp of faith, in my opinion. That is not them saying, we believe in Miles Sanders. We want him to be the bell cow back and take all of the carries and all of the targets. So it's it's a mix of all of those things and really just a team that I don't think is going to be crazy good. I don't see a ton of touchdown opportunity. I don't see them like ahead in games trying to run the clock out. All of the things that kind of contribute to running back success, I'm just not sure are going to be present there in Philadelphia. All the factors kind of that are there leading into the situation should stray you away more than anything. Right, right. They make me super, super hesitant. Now, doing my projections, he did come out as my running back 18. So that's not awful. You know, it's like a middle of the pack running back two. But I don't even know if I would take him that Mm -hmm. high because this is kind of like, okay, here's where I think he's going to be. Let's project that out and call it the average, you know, across every week. I I don't see him being that consistent. I think there will be weeks where he gets like, a few carries, a few targets, and Kerryon Johnson plays a lot or Boston Scott plays a lot. I think we're going to have those or Jalen Hurts runs the ball 13 times. You know what I mean? So it's just like, I just don't trust him. I really don't. I just don't trust Miles Sanders or the Eagles. And so I'm going to be staying away from this player this year. Totally fair. Maybe Joe Flacco will win that starting position. And then he could be a little more excited. You know, you never know. So They did come out today and say that... uh, well, last week, if you're listening to this now, <laughs> but uh, that Joe Flacco is going to have just as so much of a chance as uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah, we all believe that, don't we? I do. I like Joe Flacco. I just liked him because his <laughs> name sounded like Falco. Shane Falco. I agree. Did you finally watch The Replacements? 
and with that, guys, we are going to wrap <laughs> up this week's episode where we talked about some players we're excited for and some players we are less than excited for. So thanks for tuning in. Uh, check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a five-star review if you can. That will help a ton with the show kind of getting our name out there and really just kind of spreading to more people. We would love to to have people listening and to, to get to meet some new friends through this. So again, thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you in one week from when this drops. Yes. Uh, yes. And it's two weeks from now because we're recording a week ahead. It's kind of confusing. But hey, we're here for you guys. We're excited to be here. We are happy to produce and get the content out. So thank you guys again. Have a great week. We'll see you guys later. See you guys. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.